everybody tonight blessed by the best who is glad to be in the house of the lord on a wednesday night in barstow california yeah come on we're gonna have a great time tonight praise the lord we're gonna be speaking on the topic of healing once again and uh it's just been incredible the last few weeks hearing lots of good feedback but i'm telling you right now we believe that jesus is the healer amen, amen. and no matter what comes against us he's greater praise the lord well, we're going to open up with speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So can we stand up together tonight as a show of faith and unity for our nation? And we make no mistake about it. We don't apologize for it. We declare that America is coming to Jesus no matter what it looks like. Amen. We are going to see this happen and we are going to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. So let's say this and say it together and say it in faith like we mean it. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated this evening. All right. We'll go over a few quick announcements here for you. Um, Katie and Miss Desiree asked me to remind you, if you serve in an area, if you're part of the Ministry of Helps team, 
Please respond to the reminder emails you get. They're really trying to uh, get our new software really uh, strong and stable. And so if you serve in an area, you get a reminder text message or email. And it would be great if you would respond to that just by clicking the confirm button. And then we would uh, they would really know what's going on. So I'm making that announcement for them. All right. Where's the men at? Where's my men? Yeah. Come on. This Saturday is the men's meeting, and uh, hey, we've been promised by Robert Valdez himself that we have a sausage smorgasbord party coming our way, so big breakfast this Saturday, 9 o'clock, but even bigger than the breakfast is going to be the Word of God, somebody, right? Come on. And so we're going to have breakfast, we're going to have uh, the Bible study together, so all the men, Saturday, 9 o'clock, next door in Victory Hall. This weekend, there will be no Sunday night service. No Sunday night service uh, for Labor Day. You go out and have a good time with your family or spend some family time, but no Sunday night service. Are there ladies in the house tonight? There they are. There they are. There is a lot of ladies here. Look at this. All right. So, ladies, your women's meeting fall kickoff is going to be September the 10th. All right. Friday, September the 10th at 630. It's Italian night. And so bring a dish to share and you're going to have a great time. Also, that same weekend is September 12th. Our missionaries, Ron and Annette Thiessen from Peru and Honduras are going to be here. Amen. And so I've been telling you. I have been telling you, these guys are the real deal. They're the hardcore missionaries that are like do crazy stuff for Jesus. Uh, they've been Bible interpreters, right? Third generation, I think. Bible interpreters and translators for the Wycliffe Bible Society. These guys are powerful. They're the real deal. Don't miss out that weekend, all right? So who was here Sunday morning? So you heard uh, my brother Josh's message on finances, right? You guys heard that? We've been getting great feedback on that all week long. And so uh, Financial Peace University, FPU, will be starting on Monday, September the 13th at 6 o'clock, all right? So Monday, September 13th, 6 o'clock, uh, I think in Victory Hall next door there, there is child care available, but you've got to register at hdwc.org slash fpu. And it's a great time, an eight-week course teaching you how to do your finances God's way and also very practical information. It's not all Bible, but it's not all uh, uh, just uh, practical. It's together, and it is life-changing, so do that. And then my final announcement tonight is this. We are having a water baptism service on Sunday, September the 19th. Yes. It's a beautiful time. And so if you have not been baptized, you need to do this. It's a big part of your public testimony for Jesus. Jesus himself got baptized. All right. It was a great moment in his life. Uh, so, listen, if you've never been baptized, the sign-up sheet is back there by Miss Kathy on the back table. And maybe you got baptized as a kid or something like that, and you didn't even really know what was going on. I encourage you, now that you're an adult and you've made your own decision to receive Jesus, I would go ahead and do it again. This is a great moment for you uh, to make this stand and this public testimony that you believe in Jesus and you're not ashamed. Amen? Who in here is ashamed of Jesus? Okay, all right. Hey, every now and then the preacher's just going to throw it out there and see if someone will grab it. All right. Who is not ashamed of Jesus Christ? Yeah. All right. Praise God. 
That's what I'm talking about. You are the people that we're talking to. All right. Very good. Well, that's what's going on in the month of September. And it is, listen, we're getting into the holidays pretty soon. I mean, uh, what is it? September 15th, your Christmas tree goes up, right? You know, you know, somebody knows. All right. Well, I'll stop now. Who knows what time it is now, though, for tonight? Let's have Pastor come on up this evening. Praise the Lord. We're going to do our Sunday, or excuse me, what day is it? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. (laughs) Our Wednesday night. See, Heidi just did that. She told me good morning when I walked past. And I'm like, I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm pretty sure it's not morning right now. So, all right. Praise the Lord. Let's do this. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I tell you what, this is a good church to go to, especially at times we live in. Amen. We teach the Bible, show you how to live, and have living examples here that the Word of God works. Amen. Hold up your hands in an envelope for your tithes and your offerings if you haven't helped your hands yet. And open up your Bible to Romans chapter 14, verse 23. Romans chapter 14, verse 23. And I want to read the last part of that verse there. Romans 14, 23. And you notice it says the last part. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And uh, when, I, when I was praying about what verse to share for the offering, I got to think about offering time. We as Christians, especially the times we live in, ought to know that we put an offering in. We need to mix faith with our giving. You know, we talk all the time about when we come up to the altar, that's why we have you come up to the altars, because you bring give God... His offering at His holy altar. And as you're putting it in, as you're on your way up here, be thanking Him for His blessing. Be thanking Him for specific things He's doing in your life. And be thanking Him, especially where we live at right now, when all the food is way, way up from what it was a few months ago. Gasoline's way up from what it was a few months ago. You need God's supernatural blessing on your monies. You know, I think about all of you that have young children. Mr. Pastor, I had eight. And they're all raised right now to have grandchildren. But I was thinking right now that for us, the way it's stretching us with the way costs are, that uh, I'm glad we're not raising young kids right now. We always had to use our faith. But I was thinking, man, if it's bothered us on gas prices, we just don't like to see those big 459s and stuff like that for gas that was around less than $3 about that long ago. That to help us for young people with all their kids and everything. But I, I, want, I want to give you something I gave you Sunday. I want to say it's a given because I think it's important because I had to use this coming to church tonight. Philippians 4.19 we talked about, and a lot of you probably know this verse says, But my God shall supply all your need is according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, the Lord told me Sunday to tell you, you, you use the but to your advantage. Use the but to your advantage. We were coming coming to church tonight. I looked at a couple of gas stations. I thought, wow, it's went up again the last couple of days. And I started down that buddy trail. That's so easy to do. I said, wait a minute. I'm going to do what I told our people to do. I said, see what that sign says? But my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so when you see the things going on in the financial arena, when you go to the store, you see how much hamburger went up, see how much lettuce went up, see how much milk went up, then before you complain about it, stop. Say, but my God shall supply all of my need 
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And, and I want to say this too. Well, I said Sunday. Uh, my son Josh getting ready to teach, him and Julie getting ready to teach the Financial Peace University classes again. That shows you how to manage your money, how to multiply your money in the natural arena, but you need the supernatural too. And you know, uh, the supernatural is just doing natural things right, but then getting the super in front of the natural, it's called supernatural, and that's the anointing that makes it supernatural. And so when you're a person that tithes, you're a person that gives, and then you're a person that actively uses your faith in your finances. When you come up to the altar and give God money, and you give Him a tithe, give an offering, like that, when you got your heart and your words working with it, then you're really, really, really coming up to the next level of faith to where you recognize that it's not just money going up there, it's seed going up there. And with the words out of your mouth, you got faith on that seed and it'll grow. And then as you're going through life, in Malachi chapter 3, the last part of the tithing passage, verse 12 says, And all nations, people will see you and call you blessed. Amen. People look at you and they're going to say, James, how come you guys aren't worried about things? You're going to say, because my God supplies all of our need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And they'll come into Walmart store and they'll say, Irma, isn't that terrible what's going on for all this gas prices and everything, all these Walmart prices? You're going to say, yeah, that's pretty bad, but my God supplies all the McNeil's needs. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm stirring you. Don't just be caught spiritually slumbering right now. Because right now, the devil's want to take a lot of people out. But faith people should not go under. They should go over. Amen. So when you, when you, even if you give online, if you tithe online, when you do that, don't just push the button and say, it's sin. As you're pushing that button, say, Lord, I want to thank you. I'm paying my tithes to you. I want to thank you, Lord. I'm helping the church. I'm helping missions. But, Lord, you told me. That when I do, you supply all of my needs. Just all the time, keep your faith active. Amen. That's why we do our financial faith confession. So let's do our financial faith, financial faith confession now. Then we'll bring our, our, our offering up, up to the altar. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, Benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand up if we can. I wandered through the darkness, wasted away. My soul was cold and hopeless, dead in the grave. River of life in a dry land, like the flicker of sight to 
a blind man I saw the glorious light As it broke in God of mercy and might i 
tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone yes Lord thank you Jesus in your presence Lord so Holy Spirit you are welcome here come fly Pray.
started singing that song about the presence of the Lord, the Lord gave me a vision of Afghanistan and this person running away from the Taliban, the butchers were, that were trying to, to shoot them down. And I knew in my heart I was a believer. But at the same time, as we sang about the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord came down upon that person as they were running away to safety. And I just started praying in tongues. I wasn't singing anymore. I just started praying in tongues, interceding for that person and for the other believers that are left over there and even for American school children and others that are left there praying for a way of escape that the Lord would make a way of escape that the angels would come to them and lead them out but at the same time the word says in Revelations that we overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony but we love not our lives to the death and so for us to say that there are we don't have brothers and sisters over there that are willing to go meet Jesus now it's we, we have you know it's a reality but when the Holy Ghost gives you a picture of something you pray now because you are saving somebody's literal life you know we're you know life as usual here right here but it's not life as usual over there so let's just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost when he shows you something man you stop what you're doing and you pray right now right then because it's extremely important. Amen. 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 You can make your way back to your seats, but as uh, you know, as we were singing there, let us become more aware of your presence. And that's a good prayer for any Christian. That's a good thing to sing for any Christian. Uh, we need to be more aware of the presence of God. I guarantee you that that would change the way uh, that we live our lives if we were more aware of his presence. Amen. And so uh, that's that's uh, awesome stuff right there. Well, praise God. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into the word tonight. Um, you know, Wednesday nights, we, we call it the hour of power. So I try to respect that and, and, uh, and get us in and out by eight o'clock. But uh, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks on the topic of healing. Has anyone been here for some of these? Maybe you've watched online talking about healing. This is our third week uh, discussing this topic. And you've got to realize how fundamental healing is to this church. And in really even my family's lives, it's not uh, just something that we think is a cute thing to talk about or uh, just something that, you know, is fuzzy and inspirational. I mean, it is a building block. It is a cornerstone to everything that we do around here. And, uh, you know, a lot of you remember, know my story of being healed of leukemia when I was three. Uh, my dad being healed of uh, cancer a couple years ago. Uh, we've seen miracles after miracles after miracles. And, uh, and, and so you're too late to tell us that Jesus doesn't heal. That's just the fact of the matter. You're too late to tell us that Jesus is not the healer. And so the title of tonight's message is this, Five Hindrances to Healing. Five hindrances to healing. Um, in, in our first week kind of studying this topic, uh, we really looked at uh, how Jesus is totally 
able to heal, but also willing. Because there's a lot of people that realize, well, yeah, he's able, he's God, he can do anything. But at the same time, they don't know that he's willing, and they don't know that it's his will to heal you. And you have to get that established in your heart. Well, I wouldn't just say what God's will is. Well, how about Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so if it wasn't his will for us to be healed and healthy, why would he say something like that? Or First Peter 2.24 where it says, By Jesus' stripes and wounds we've been healed. When Jesus was beaten, that paid the price for your healing. If you took a beaten for somebody to receive something, wouldn't it be your will that they actually receive it? Right? I mean, if I pay the price and buy you a gift and I sacrificed, I saved up, I spent all my money just so you could have this present and I give it to you. And you're like, I don't think you really want me to have it, though. I know you paid for it, but I don't really want you. I don't think you really want me to have it. I'd be like, you're crazy. I gave everything for this. I want you. It is my will for you to receive what I have paid for. Jesus paid for our healing. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. The price has been paid. And again, we could go on proving that point all night, but then I wouldn't get to the message tonight. So um, last week we looked at different ways of receiving healing. We looked at Bible ways of receiving healing. I mean, there was the gifts of the spirit. There was standing on the word, which is the surefire. Uh, there was uh, being anointed with oil by the elders of the church. Uh, there's lots of different things we looked at last week. But this week, I've been really wanting to talk about this. You need to know that there are hindrances, blocks, blockades uh, to us receiving healing. And I want to talk about that. There is a mini book. We don't have it in the bookstore, but it's by uh, Kenneth Hagin Jr., okay? Uh, he was my pastor when I lived in uh, Oklahoma going to Raymond Bible College. But uh, he wrote this book called Seven Hindrances to Healing. And I don't want to cut you guys short, but I'm going to give you five tonight. How's that sound, all right? I, we can't do seven in 30 minutes. Come on. No, we can't, that's not even. So, uh, but five tonight. And, and a lot of the points that I'm giving you are from that book, but not all of them. Uh, and so, anyway, that's a great book that I recommend you looking up, but we're going to look at five hindrances to healing tonight because it's very frustrating when you know you've been promised something and when you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do, but the answer isn't coming. If there is a clog in the blessing pipe somewhere, wouldn't you like to know what it is so you can remove it? So you can receive the blessing that Jesus has for you, all right? And so, as I've said every week, I'm going to be talking real fast because we don't have a lot of time and I want to fit a lot of things into about 29 minutes now. So who thinks we can do this? All right. Well, some of you are very, you're, you're, you've got faith. I appreciate that. All right. So let's pray and we're going to dig into the word of God. Take notes, write the verses down. Let's do this because you need to know the word of God on healing right now. Well, I ain't feeling sick. Hey. You don't wait to study on healing until you're feeling sick. You do it beforehand, and then when the attack comes, you're ready. Amen? The best time to prepare for war is not after the battle started. It's way before then, okay? All right, let's pray. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that we have got your word uh, tonight, and I pray that we will listen up in Jesus' name, Lord. Help us to stay focused on what you're telling us, and Lord, help us to establish in our hearts that it is your will for us to be healed, healthy, and whole. And Lord, if you point out things to us tonight that we need to change, things that we need to do different so we can absolutely be free-flowing in the spirit and in the blessings you have for us. Help us to make those changes tonight. Tell us the truth, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, five hindrances to healing, and I want you to pay attention and listen. Number one is this. Number one, not being prepared to receive. Number one, you not being prepared to receive. Now, in the natural world, we know that when you plant the right seed in the right soil and it gets the right amount of water, it's 100%. It's going to work every time. The right seed, the right soil, the right water, it will grow every single time. But sometimes you may plant some seeds, the right seed, maybe even in the, uh, in get, you get the right amount of water, so to speak. And you've got some of the ingredients there, but nothing seems to be working. Nothing seems to be growing. Well, you could say, well, what's going on here? But I'm telling you right now, you need to know that if you're going to get the results that you need, planting seeds or whatever the case is, you've got to take care of that soil. The soil has to be right. You've got to cultivate it. You've got to fertilize it. You've got to plow it up. It has to be soft and ready to receive. And in fact, Jesus alluded to this when he talked about the parable of the sower sowing the word. He said, hey, he went out and sowed the word. Some seed fell on hard ground and it didn't work. Some seed fell on thorny ground and it didn't work. Some seed fell on some rocky soil and it didn't work. But that exact same seed planted by the exact same farmer when it was planted on the soft, good soil, it it recovered a crop of 100 times as much as had been planted. And so one hindrance that sometimes keeps us from receiving healing that the Lord has promised to us is, is your heart in the right position to receive the seed that is being planted from the word of God? And it's always just, it's amazed me. It's astounded me. How come we can have two different people sit in the exact same church, hear the exact same sermon, and yet get two totally different results? The exact same seed was sown. They heard the exact same word. What's the difference? When your heart is prepared, when you've got a soft, prepared heart, ready to receive the seed of the word of God, you are going to get some incredible results in your life. And, uh, you know, so I can tell you, man, the people that are in here all the time, you know, I see you, you're here on a Wednesday night, you're here on a Sunday night, the people that are coming all the time, the people that are paying attention, that are listening, that are taking notes, it is the easiest thing in the world to pray for you. I'm like, man, they've got a soft heart. They're ready to receive. Then, you, I'm, hey, you see some people, they come into church, they're playing games on their phone while the preaching's going on. You don't raise your hand. We know who you are anyway, but just, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Walter, it's not, you. it's not you, right? All right. You're checking your fantasy football scores. Shame on you. You shouldn't do that. Listen, this. hey, it's almost here again. We know. We know who you are. You don't have to raise your hand. But but I'm telling you, it, it, you could be in the exact same church service, and, and then you get mad. It's no fair. 
I was there. The same preacher laid hands on me that laid hands on her. I was in the same, I'm there. The exact. How's your heart condition? Your heart is the soil. The word of God is the seed and the seed's perfect. I will never doubt the seed. Never is the seed the problem when we're talking about the word of God. It's the incorruptible seed. Amen. It's perfect. You can't change this. There's nothing you could do to improve on the seed, but you could improve the soil of your heart. And that's why one guy sitting right here is listening and taking notes and receiving the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And by the time it's by the time we lay hands on him, he is so prepped and ready to receive the word and receive the miracle that boom, something happens. Somebody else says, eh, I'm doing my grocery list. Have you guys checked out Groupon this week? They've got a deal on the trampoline park in Redlands. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and then you wonder why you're not getting the results. Hey, it could be me. I mean, I'll take the blame for you. But listen, I know it's not this. It could possibly be the condition of your heart. And so let's look here at Matthew chapter 7. Please, Matthew chapter 7. And so... The number one way to prepare yourself to receive is by listening and absorbing the word of God. That's the number one way to prepare your heart to receive healing in your body and receive whatever miracle you need is uh, to receive and absorb the word of God in your life. And, you know, you notice a lot of times we usually we pray for people at the end of the service and not at the beginning. I've been to some places where they'll, they'll pray at the beginning and that's fine, but I want to have saturated you with the word of God for 30 or 40 minutes before I touch you and lay a hand on you. I want your heart to be ready and for faith to have been built up. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, hey, pray for people at the beginning. And and of course, we would do that. But one thing you'll notice about Jesus in the New Testament is very often, not every time, but very often he laid hands on and healed the sick after he had done some teaching. Jesus taught the crowds, no doubt about it, and they were they were amazed. Look at this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. And so I'm going to go right from Matthew 7 and read right in to uh, Matthew chapter 8 because you realize that it's all one thing, right? Uh, when Matthew sat down and wrote his gospel, he didn't write chapter 7. No, I think I'll do chapter 8. He didn't divide these up. We did it later on in later centuries for reference. But anyway, so I'm just going to read from chapter 7 right on into chapter 8, just like it's all connected because it is. Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his what? His teaching. He had just taught. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. I want a teacher and I want a preacher that preaches with authority. Amen. And that's what Jesus was. Large crowds followed him. Going right in, right into chapter A. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and said, it is not my will for you, my child. Some people, it's my will, but not for you. No, he didn't say that. He said what he always said. Oh, I'm willing. It's my will. And what happened? He said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. But check it out. 
when did this man get healed? He was in this crowd, right, that had just listened to Jesus teaching with real authority. And what happens when the word of God is taught? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. I can tell now that I'm going to have to go fast, all right? Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Another uh, very, very important thing to see right here. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Check it out. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area. What did he do there? teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news, the gospel about the kingdom. And then what did he do? He healed every kind of disease and illness. How many kinds of diseases and illnesses can Jesus heal? Every single kind. And he did all this, but he did it as he was teaching and preaching and announcing the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then he healed them all and so one hindrance to healing is your heart needs to be prepared to receive you need to prep yourself to receive the healing can you understand that does that make sense you got to prep yourself on your end to receive the healing and i reference kenneth hagan a lot because he's well i grew up listening to him every day because that's what my dad did then i went to his bible school in oklahoma for a few years so he's been fundamental in my life but he used to do three or four sometimes five week long crusades and 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 healing meetings but he didn't just lay hands on you as soon as you walked up he would lay hands and pray for the sick like on friday night after people had been hearing the teaching on healing night after night after night, by that fourth or fifth night, their faith was so pumped up, their hearts were so ready to receive that they received healing when hands were laid on them. You need to prepare yourself to be able to receive healing, all right? Number two is this. We're talking about hindrances to healing. Number two is doubt or not really expecting to receive. Now, you need to come to church every single time expecting to receive something from God that day. Amen. Now we come for, you know, to to have a great time in worship. We come to serve God himself. We come to be around the brothers and sisters. We come to, you know, you do all sorts of things, but you need to you need to expect to receive from God every single day, really. And it's a hindrance to your life if you are not expecting to receive, and and I'm telling you right now, doubt is a killer, and and nobody likes to nobody you know likes to talk about that, or nobody wants to say, well, he probably didn't get healed because he was doubting, and I I'm not going to say if somebody was doubting or not, that's between them and God, but you cannot deny the fact that if we're doubting that he's going to actually do something for us, chances are it's not going to happen. We have to really believe that something's going to happen. There has to be faith and there has to be a belief. And people are like, well, I don't know. God can do anything. That's a really cool statement. But if you want the absolute truth, God cannot do just anything. (gasps) You didn't say that from the pulpit. I just said it. Well, Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says that God cannot lie. There's one thing he can't do. You realize that it doesn't say God won't lie. He doesn't like lying. No, God can not lie. 
The book of Hebrews says it's impossible for God to lie. The book of Psalms says that God cannot lie. Well, yeah, but he can do it. If he could do anything, he'd make you be nice to people. He'd make you serve in the nursery upstairs where there's 500 babies. Come on, somebody. Listen, hey, help me out here. I'm just telling you right now that there are things that God's not just going to do and overpower you. Amen? He does not force his blessing. If God just did anything, he would force everybody to become a born-again Christian and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Peter put it this way in First Peter. He said, God is not willing that any should perish, but that everybody should receive eternal life. Yet we know that some people perish. Some people do not receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, and the fact of the matter is some people go to hell, but it was not God's will. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants everybody to be saved, but you need to realize the power in your power of choice. You don't realize how powerful your power of choices. You chose to come and sit under the word of God tonight when you could have been at home watching America's Got Talent. I mean, or whatever it is. I don't know what you watch. I, I mean, some truck driver show. I don't. Whatever it is, you. I don't know. But listen, listen to me. Hear me out. You made a powerful choice tonight to come out on a Wednesday night and hear the word of God. There's other people that they didn't make that same choice, right? We're not putting down on them, but but you made a great choice tonight, and you're hearing the word, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There's a lot of things that I've discovered in life that I can just flat out, you know what, I am going to choose right now. I'm not going to let that person offend me. Listen, if you're someone that gets offended all the time, I've got something good for you. You have got a lot of power and choice. You could just straight up choose to not be offended. Well, it don't work like that. It ain't that easy. It is. It is. There is power in your choice. Yeah, but I mean, I just, uh, you could choose to open up your Bible and study healing scriptures and have powerful faith for healing. Now, Jesus isn't going to open up your Bible for you. You're going to have to do it. There is power in your choice. And the fact of the matter is this, though, is that Jesus is not going to come and enforce healing on you. When you're full of doubt and you're just like, I don't know, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to receive that way. Look at Mark chapter 6. Turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And here we have a story of Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth. The Jesus of Nazareth. Now, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, right? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Yes. He was raised on the mean streets of Nazareth on the west side. Amen. In West Nazareth, born and raised on the playground. Jesus spent most of his days, right? He was out there. He was out there. He was out there. Make no mistake about it. He was out there. But here's the deal. Jesus, he was going everywhere, man. He was with his disciples. They were going all over the region, town after town, seeing the dead raised, seeing demons cast out, seeing the blind healed, the lepers cured, the deaf hearing and the dumb speaking he was doing miracle after miracle in all these towns and then it comes to a screeching halt when they come to his hometown of nazareth look at this mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 5 jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to nazareth his hometown 
And you're like, man, if there's anywhere that they're going to receive Jesus, it's going to be in his hometown because, hey, there's no place like home. There's nobody like your family, but that is not what happened. Verse 2, the next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue, just like he's always doing. He's teaching. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, wait a minute, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. Don't be a scoffer. Then they scoffed. He's just a, he's a carpenter, (laughs) the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Isn't that crazy? That even now, you can go and be, I mean, you can preach to people, lay hands on them, and out there in the world, but then sometimes you come home, and they don't want to hear it. Your own mom and dad, your own brothers and sisters, they're like, we know you. You used to eat out of the flower pot back there by the sandbox. You don't know about, what are you talking about? And they and they just give you a hard time. And Jesus said, that's the way it is. Look at verse 5. And because of their unbelief, He could not do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Does verse 5 say that Jesus would not do any miracles or that he could not do any miracles? Look at that. These people right here brought the ministry, the healing miracle ministry of Jesus Christ to a screeching halt. Why? Because of their unbelief. This had nothing to do with Jesus' capabilities. Same Jesus that was back there in the last town. Same word, same teaching, same. all the ingredients were the same as they were in the last town. But when he comes here, these people literally stopped this in, the, in his tracks. Wow! There is an insane amount of power in believing in Jesus, and there's an insane amount of power in doubting and not believing in Jesus. Listen, you don't understand this. You're looking at me, right? You don't understand it. It doesn't say that Jesus wouldn't do any miracles there because they didn't. It says he could not do any miracles there. What about you in 2021? You think Jesus is going to come? I know you don't believe, but I will force this blessing down upon you, whether you receive it or not. I don't care. I'm going to force it on you. He could not do any mighty miracles back there in Nazareth, and he could not do them in Barstow, California, because I just didn't believe it. I wouldn't receive it. I I just, I I know it said it. I know he's he's back there healing people over there, but I just, I can't, I don't think he's going to do it for me. That is powerful, that statement right there, that he could not do any mighty works. And so the actual Greek rendering of that says he could not do any mighty works except to lay his hands on a few sick people with minor ailments and heal them. So, man, you know, little Timmy got healed of a toothache there, and that's the best we could pull off. But in the last town, we saw people with leprosy instantly healed. We saw blind people. We saw dead raised. But in Nazareth, the doubt and unbelief brought the ministry to a screeching halt. You need to check yourself, right? 
check yourself. Number three, we're talking about hindrances to healing. All right, there's a lot of things that we could list here, but number three, and nobody wants to hear this, nobody wants to say this, but it, it is the truth, undealt with sin. Undealt with sin. Now, uh, the, the book of Joshua, just, you can just write this down, Joshua chapter 7. I don't have time to turn there, but go read Joshua chapter 7 later tonight when you get home before you turn on, you know, whatever show you're going to watch. <laughs> and so, so undealt with sin. And so Joshua chapter 7, it, it, the whole book of Joshua, I love it. Chapter 6, man, they get over there and they take down the mighty city of Jericho. And if you, as you study Joshua they take the whole land of Canaan, city after city. They're just on a crusade, wiping out all these towns with these evil people and saying, get out, God promised us this land. Victory after victory, I mean, battle after battle, town after town, the Israelites, this army is kicking butt. They are dominating these people. But it's really interesting that in chapter 7, the next town on their list is a little town called Ai. And, and it's not even a big town. Joshua says, this town's so little, we're not even going to send the whole army. He sends, it says, two to 3,000 men. And so they just send a little group of guys, and they go to this little tiny town after they've been taken down giant cities. They go to Ai, and they get their behinds kicked by this little country. And they, the, the army of Israel comes running back. Oh, my gosh, they get chased away. And they're like, what just happened there? Joshua is so devastated. He's crying out before God, why? I thought you were for us. I thought you were with us. And the Lord says, I'll tell you why you can't win the victory this time. There's sin amongst you. There is sin in the camp. He's like, what? So you reverse and and rewind back to chapter 6. As they're destroying the city of Jericho, God tells Joshua to tell everybody, hey, as we're decimating this place, and they dominated, it was a whooping. Nobody take any of the spoils. Don't take any of the plunder, especially the gold and the silver. Don't take it for yourself. They're saving this back for God. We're going to dedicate this to him. Do not touch it. Do not take the silver or gold. But there's this one guy. There's always one, right? This one guy named Achan, he's like, whoa, hey. Look at the, the, these silver and gold cups. He takes silver and gold, hides it, steals it. It was supposed to belong to God. You do not want to take what belongs to God. That's just, come on, that is, that's just a good word for you right there. You don't want to take something that belongs to God. And so he takes it back to his place and hides it. And because of his sin, the entire group paid the price and got their behinds kicked. And so what happened? Well, a, a gnarly thing happened. You can read it on your own time. Let's just say Joshua and the Lord, uh, they took care of Achan and removed the sin from among the camp. Then they went back to Ai and leveled it, all right? They took care of business that time. But they were winning victory after victory, and sin in the camp brought the victories to a screeching halt, just like the doubt brought Jesus' healing ministry to a screeching halt in the book of Mark. And so there's something interesting in James chapter 5. Can we flip there, James chapter 5? James chapter 5. But we, we've got we've to examine ourselves. And, you know, I, sometimes we've got to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, right? And sometimes you've got to eat what's good for you, not what just 
taste good right then. You know what I'm saying? And so tonight we're giving you some word and some feed that is really good for you. Tonight's that green smoothie, right? That that green, it, it may not be what you wanted to taste tonight, but it is really what you need to hear. James chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Deal with the sin and then pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer, I like the King James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, I know people all the time that'll, that'll just simply quote the second part of that verse. Man, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen, brother. Well, the first part of that talks about confessing your sin and dealing with your sin. And then, hey, you're open to pray for healing and all sorts of great stuff. And then we hear about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Now, again, not everybody likes to talk about sin and, and stuff like that, but it's just the fact of the matter. It could save your life if we talk about the things that we don't want to talk about sometimes because when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. Amen? You got to know the truth, though. That's another verse people misquote. Yeah, brother, the truth will set you free. That's not what Jesus said. He said, and you shall know the truth, and then the truth shall set you free. You've got to be told the truth. Amen? And so if you're here and you need healing tonight, I want you to come up and confess your sins into the microphone. It's a joke. 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 I just wanted to get you. I wanted to see that look. All right. Some of you that were dozing off, you're like, oh, what? What? He said, oh. All right. Hey, that's between you and God. But anyway, that's something that you need to take into consideration. Number four, number four. Talking about hindrances to healing. Number four is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Yeah, you talk about that a lot, Pastor Dave. You're darn tootin' we talk about that a lot. Because there's very few things that'll wreck your life more than this. I mean, I'll probably talk about this every sermon I preach for the rest of my life. Because it is a killer. And I see people in 2021, the whole world's falling about. And you're sitting here holding unforgiveness against somebody. God use me. In the end times, Lord, hey, take me to the battle of Armageddon. I want to be on a white horse with you. And, yeah, you're tripping over something that happened to you with your fellow Christian brother or sister. You're not ready to fight the devil if you can't even take care of business amongst your own Christian brothers and sisters. You don't, don't, don't be asking to get out there into the heat of the battle. You'll get melted. You need to be able to forgive. All right, for the second time, throw this on the screen. Galatians 5, verse 6, and the King James says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but what? But faith which worketh by love. Your faith works by love. You, Man, you've heard us say this a million times if you've been here. But your faith works by love. And there's so many people that, man, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. But it's not going to work. If you don't have love going in your heart and unforgiveness will straight up stop the healing. It'll stop the prayers from being answered. I, in fact, I don't, I'm not even going to throw all this up there, but as I was just reading about this earlier, I saw tons of medical studies. One was from the Mayo Clinic about how even scientifically powerful it is. And, 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 and when you actually forgive somebody and get bitterness out of your heart physically, it releases healing into your body. I mean, even scientists say that. Somebody that's all stressed out and anxiety and, 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 and bitter and, and frustrated and all this, they, I mean, they've got all sorts of health problems. 
And even non-Christian doctors will say, oh, yeah, there's powerful healing involved in forgiveness and letting things go. And so I just, again, we don't have time to do a full study on this, but mark my words. If you want to receive healing in your body, you need you need to you need to walk in forgiveness. Look at this one real quick here too. I'm I'm, I'm hustling. I'm trying really hard here. Uh, look at Matthew chapter five. Check this out. Matthew chapter five. This is a serious serious thing. Matthew chapter five. Matthew five, verses twenty three through twenty four. And you also need to realize that God is love, right? And and uh, and and God forgave you. And he forgave me, and he forgives, and so we we can we can do this. Matthew five twenty three. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Why? What do you do? You go and be reconciled to that person, and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. And what is all that talking about? You need to have things right in your heart with other people before you come in and try to get a miracle from God, before you try to come in and lay it all out on the altar, Jesus said, hey, you need to go reconcile and deal with some of these things with other people. And I, I and you know all about this because we talk about it a lot, but it's the truth. And, and, and so some people are like, yeah, well, it's easy for you, but for me, it's really, really hard. And I want to go on the record as saying, I understand that it's harder for some people. They struggle more with anger and bitterness and uh, temper issues than some other people do. I get that. But guess what? Jesus still isn't going to change the standard for you. We're all held to the standard of the word of God. I saw a study the other day of how different school districts across the U.S. are lowering the bar academically because they think it's unfair to different student groups. And listen, whatever, but God is not going to lower the standard for you just because you struggle more in that area. Because you struggle in this area, but somebody else struggles in a different area, and God's not going to just lower the bar for everybody until you can attain it. We're all held to the standard of his word. And what we're talking about tonight, I'm talking about, I want to see you healed. I want to see you healthy. I want to see when the devil tries to bring another wave of sickness across the world in America and, and, and Barstow, that every single person in this room, they are prepared for the battle before it ever even gets there, and it bounces right off of you. Amen? So that's why I'm going to talk about this stuff. You need to get forgiveness in your heart. You need to deal with it, and you need to not be so sensitive and offended all the time. There I said it. Now I'm going to move on to number five, all right? My last one is this. Number five is pride. Pride. We'll talk about that. I'm humble and proud of it. Well, there you go. you got a problem. you got a problem right there. No, listen, this is too big of a topic to go into tonight, but but I'm going to address it real quick because pride is a bigger issue in your life than you think it is. And if you're sitting here thinking like, he hasn't even talked about this with me, I mean, then we're talking to you. This is for you and you need to hear this because basically any sin in our lives is an offshoot of pride. We're telling God that we know, uh, we know something's wrong according to your word, but I know what's best for me. So I'm going to do it anyway. That's pride. Elevating like, I know I know you said this is wrong, but hey, 
I like it, and I like it a lot. You're elevating your own wants and desires above the word of God. We're telling God that we know you're saying one thing, but I'm going to choose to do things my way. Even in the area of unforgiveness, there's more power in your choices than you think. Hey, hey, it, it came after me. It's not like I wanted this to happen to me. Of course you didn't. But you do have the power to choose to do what the word of God says about things, whether it's hard or it's easy. And, you know, I just see pride holding healing back from so many people. Some people won't come up for prayer or call for the elders of the church because their pride says, yeah, people are going to see you up there. People are going to think this. The preacher's going to think this. And some people, they care more about their pride than they do about getting healed from what's trying to tear their life apart. You're just protecting your pride, you know petting it, keeping it as a, you know, stroking your pride, stroke it. And hey, you can hold on to that, but you're not going to hold on to healing at the same time. Pride needs dealt with. Some people won't forgive or apologize to somebody because of their pride and their health is melting away and wilting. Their kids are getting sick. Their household is afflicted with sickness every other week. And that, well, I pray, I I, uh, I, I hear the word, and, and and but is there a pride issue in your life. Look at James 4, 6. We could look at a dozen verses, but there's simply no time. James 4, verse 6. James 4, verse 6. says, and he gives grace generously. Does God, I mean, he's just stingy with the grace? No. He generously gives grace. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so somebody that's living in pride and, and arrogance and, and, and just simply has too much pride to lay it down and do what the word of God's saying to do, to call for the elders of the church, to go and forgive somebody, to go, you know, Jesus told one guy, hey, go dip in the river Jordan seven times. Some people are like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. I'm going to look dumb to everybody. What am I going to say when they ask? Tell them that Jesus told you to do something and you're doing it. What if Jesus tells you to go do something right now, and then you're going to receive your healing? I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. Your pride is worth more to you than obeying your master, than obeying Jesus. You really value your own ego more than Jesus, that more, more than your own healing. It's a serious, serious thing. And I found that most people don't think they've got a pride issue, but more people have it than what you realize. And it's it's a real deal. And so I'll close out with this. I don't know what the coming months, you know, and all this are going to bring. All I know is that we're in the end times. And I, again, I say that every day. And some people listen and some people roll their eyes. But I'm just getting real. The Middle East is melting down. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Pay attention. It is the end times. I don't know what the months are going to bring ahead. I know that, hey, I'm surrounded by God. I've got his angels surrounding and protecting me, so I I refuse to live in fear, and I do not live in fear. But I'm also not going to open the door to the devil and deliberately put hindrances into my life that allow him to put sickness and disease upon me or my household. The best time to prepare for an attack from the enemy is before it comes. Before it comes. And so I encourage you tonight that out of what we talked about, there are hindrances to our healing and to us receiving blessings. We listed five tonight. You need to sharpen yourself up. Well, I've never felt better. I've never been healthier than I am right now. 
the perfect time to study God's word and get strong. Because the enemy will come. I'm not making a bad confession. I'm not being negative. But the, and it, he tried to come to Jesus and tempt him. He tried to come and mess up Jesus. You don't think he's going to try to mess with you? There's your pride again. There it is again. Shoot it. Do something about that. But listen, the enemy will come. But if you're already prepared in advance, you're going to fight him off and win the victory. Amen? All right, I better shut up. We're done. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wind things down here for the night. But I really pray that you've been listening to and taking notes on all this healing teaching. As I've said before, I don't. I haven't taught much on healing out of my 14 years of full-time ministry because my dad's got it, man. He's like the Ph.D. in healing teaching. And so I haven't felt like I needed to do it much, but... But I'm really glad to be uh, doing it. Uh, this is, again, this has been drilled into me. You don't, may not believe me, but I, I promise to you. My parents, the first Bible verse I knew was 1 Peter 2.24 in the King James. I knew that before I knew John 3.16. And it's a good thing that they planted that because when cancer came to a three-year-old, I, you know, I wasn't, didn't, you know, fight that all off on my own, but they were so prepped for healing. They were so prepped for miracles that it was incredible to see Jesus bring healing so quickly. And we've always been prepared for this because of the word of God. Amen. And so I encourage you here, I encourage you if you're listening online, if you go to a church that doesn't believe that Jesus is the healer, I hate to say this, but find yourself a new church. You need to find a church in 2021. If you don't have a church, if you've got a church that thinks that Jesus is the source of the sickness and not the cure for the sickness, you're going to have a rough time in the days ahead. You need to know what the answer is. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to, I said I was going to stop. I'm going to stop now. All right. Praise God. Can you raise your hands so I can pray for you tonight? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for what we have seen and what we have heard from your word tonight. And God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus right now that our hearts are good soil in Jesus' name, that we receive the word of God, that it has free course in our lives, and it never returns unto you void, but it always accomplishes what you send it forth to do. Lord, we are laying this foundation for healing and health right now. And Lord, when Satan comes and tries to bring sickness to us, to our babies, to our households, to our church, to anybody in our life. We are prepared in the name of Jesus. We speak healing. We speak health. We speak miracles right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. By Jesus' stripes and wounds, we were healed in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen tonight. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to close it out right there. Men, be here Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, for the men's meeting. It's going to be incredible. Be here Sunday morning. We're going to have a great, great service. Yes, Labor Day weekend. Man, we're going to be laboring in the Word on Sunday. You better be here, amen, to receive the Word. All right? Praise God. Let's close it out like we always do and say it like you mean it. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.